reignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. So let me hear your voice louder. Let me hear it louder. Let me hear it louder. Hallelujah. Amen. Shall we humbly take our seats in the presence of God? Amen. That was a very powerful time in the presence of God. And we know what time it is. It's testimony time. And tonight I believe that this testimony will touch you in a way. Amen. It says, my name is Frank Teria from the Doxa Hub. My testimony is about how God delivered me from food poisoning. Yeah, God will deliver you from food poisoning. You will not go to the hospital because of food poisoning. It all started on 11th of February, Thursday night, when a colleague nurse bought pizza to work and he shared it with, with me or with us. Yes. And we ate it. After that, the next day, we all had stomach upset. All three of us were at the pizza. His was worse, and he had to be detained. He had to be detained at the hospital. The next day, I was okay, but after several days, mine became worse, and I also had to be detained at the hospital. But by the grace of God, somebody say, "But by the grace of God," and the prayers of the prophet. Said, I thank God for healing me and my friends from this food poisoning because we could have died. Wow. So, God will also deliver you from death. Amen. I said, God will deliver you from death. If you are happy about that testimony, I want you to put your hands together.
tonight ladies and gentlemen I'm excited to tell you that we have a seasoned servant of the Lord in this house ready with the word of God for you at this hour and I'm happy to announce to you OEB that I present to you tonight the Bishop Edwin Morgan oh God I can't hear your noise it's not loud enough at the back come on Yo 
clapping your hands. Keep clapping your hands. Don't stop clapping your hands. Those of us who are online, clap your hands. Let's celebrate Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We thank you for the privilege to be in your presence. And we know you will touch our lives in a mighty way in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands, everyone. Keep clapping your hands. And you may please be seated. You may please be seated. I am very happy to see all of you in church. And I want us to clap our hands for our center leaders, our basenta leaders. They are amazing people. Amazing, amazing. Let's appreciate them once again. They make a lot of things happen. Tonight, I'm excited to share the word of God with you. And, uh, but before I do, we have a very beautiful pastor who have joined us all the way from Albany, New York. You are blessed to be in an international church. And one of these days, somebody will see you off at the airport to go and spend just five days in America and come back because you are tired. Yes. Yes. You also announced in America that you are also coming from the Makane Cathedral. There's always they come from there and say, I'm from that cathedral. But you also go to Australia. But when you go, come back. Hallelujah. But help me welcome Pastor Patrick Tamaklo. Please come and bring us a greeting. I was very privileged to minister in his church. Is it a year ago? Yes. Two, a year ago? Okay, a year ago, yeah. In his church in New York, Albany, upstate. Very, very beautiful church. And he has an amazing wife. They took very good care of me. And I'm happy that he's in Accra. And uh, please bring us, please be seated. Wow. Hmm. I'm here by the grace of God practically in his presence. Wow. It's in his presence to fellowship with the Father. I'm just here to be in his presence. And you are in a great place. Your end is limitless. There is no limit to your end. You are seeing something great. And I just came all the way from Albany to encourage you that see properly. Amen. 
It's a blessed place. God bless all of you. Clap your hands for Pastor Patrick. What a blessing and what a beautiful family we are in. I just closed my eyes and saw somebody going to the airport with his newly wedded wife. I don't know who the person is. It's like you had your wedding on Saturday and then on Monday, instead of going to Akosombo, you are going to Niagara Falls. Who is that person? Who is that person? Receive it in the name of Jesus. I just saw it clearly. The lady is smallish. The lady is smallish. I don't know. Makatala <laughs> Baba. There are two people here. In two years' time, you will be blessed with a plane ticket practically to travel outside. You will not pay one dollar for the plane ticket. There are some two people here. From my left here to the right here. Receive it if you believe it. And tonight, I am continuing. Some have got the green book. Others have got the black book. But we have the yellow book. Amen. And I want us to clap our hands for our prophets for providing us with this book. For providing us. It's an amazing major. Don't, they say, you know, you know something? They say, don't judge a book by its cover. And I will say, don't judge a book by its size. Don't judge a book by its size. Actually, come to think of it, in Revelation 10, when an angel appeared before John, he had a, a big angel. Yes. His calf was the rainbow. Yes. And his two feet, one was on the sea. One was on the land. Imagine standing here, one foot here, and one foot in Labadi. But he had not an Encyclopedia Britannica, but a little book. Can you clap your hands for this little book? And today, I'm continuing to preach about quiet time. Quiet time. It's another chance for you to know God. To get close to God. Your quiet time. I want to welcome our sister Grace to bless us with that song. She ministered it, I think, last week. Yes. I'm continuing with seven steps to an effective quiet time. Yeah. Say quiet time. Say I'll have my quiet time. Oh, say I'll have my quiet time. Say I am a Christian. 
and I have my quiet time. Roll it. Say I don't know you. Oh, I need my quiet time. I don't ever wanna hear him say to me, I don't know you. I don't know you. Yes, I don't want to hear you say to me, you don't know me. I found a scripture in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Many ways. Seek to enter, seek to enter the kingdom of God, but they will not be able. He will say, I never knew you, you never had a quiet time with me, you never talked with me or prayed to me. We never had a quiet time
Because on that day, the basis for your rejection will be that he never knew you. That's the basis. Remember it. Because at the base of your works of iniquity is the absence of your knowledge of God. I'll take it again. At the base, at the base. As a foundation at the base of your works of iniquity, your lies, your fornication, your wickedness, your stealing, your godlessness, at the base of it, because every structure must have a base, at the base of it is the absence of the knowledge of God. When you find people Christians living like unbelievers, eagles living like vultures on the rubbish dump, remember that at the base of that lifestyle, is the absence of a certain intimacy with God. That is why one day I called a brother who had a problem with fornication. And I had arranged my verses to spend time with him and to help him to understand the problem he has and help him to come out of it. As we sat down in my office, about 30 seconds into our meeting, I heard a voice clearly. Tell him that he doesn't fear God. I said, what? That he lacks the fear of God. I couldn't believe it. But that led me to a very, very great and exciting journey into a study of the fear of God. 
That is when I realized that a lot of the things we call our weaknesses are actually the absence of, of the fear of God. That if you fear God, that fear alone will drive out a lot of nonsense from your life. He said, he say, on that day, I will say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. Ye workers of iniquity. So they were sinning. They were fooling. You know, there are certain things, if you know God deeply, you won't do it. You won't do it. A certain knowledge of God will prevent you from taking certain steps that your body feels like taking. I tell you. Knowledge of God. Not your upbringing. Not who raised you up. Yes. If you don't know God in a certain way, you'll fall for a lot of things that you will call a weakness. But really, it is because the fear of God has left you. So when a pastor stands in front of you wearing a suit and a tie and is teaching you how to have your quiet time, that pastor is placing in your hands your greatest weapon against the works of the enemy. Yes. Yes. When a pastor stands in front of you on Saturday night and is teaching you to have your quiet time, He is giving you your greatest assets. Because based on what a person has, if you are close to that person, it means that your life is sorted out. If you are close to a man who has a lot of bananas, you will have banana sweets. If you are close to a man who has a lot of money, you will have at least your school fees paid. If you are close to a man who likes football, by all means, you will hear certain things about football. If you are close to a God who can give you a beloved, it means that once you are near him, beloved dozen is sorted out. Once you are near him, a job is sorted out. If somebody gives you God, he has given you a beloved, a job, a car, health, healing, and everything. It's all in God. 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 And when someone teaches you to have your quiet time, the person is teaching you to have God. Because your quiet time is your time you spend in the word of God. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word, the word, the word, the word. You know, it's interesting, eh? That there's nothing the Bible says is God. In fact, you are not supposed to have any other God beside me. Once we heard God tell Aaron that Moses will be a God to him. 
The church is not God. I said the cathedral you are sitting in is not God. The bishop preaching to you. He himself, he needs help. If you have any interest in God, if you have any desire to know God, I'm talking to the 16 of you here who want to know God. Where are those 16 people? Where? 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 Here? The 16 of you who want to know God. If you want to know God, how many of you want to know God? How many of you want to know God? If you want to know God, don't play with this. Because Say, this is God. Wow. Wow. This is God. If I give you this, I'm giving you God. This is God. You look shocked. <laughs> Where else is God? How else will a man know God? The word, the word, the word was God. This is God. The same way in Luke 15, Jesus spoke a parable about a man. I'm sure he was a rich man who had two sons. And one of them lived a beggarly life. Was eaten with pigs. He had a father, but he was eaten with pigs. You can also have this book. And live your life as if there is no God in your life. You can have this. And live like a devil. The only way this will metamorphose into God to you. Is the reading of of this Bible. Daily. You know you are made up of your habits. It's your habits. You are not made up by your law degree, my sister. In fact, you, have, you, you are a lawyer because of habits. <laughs> we are products directly. So while we are at it, you might as well develop the habits of reading your Bible every day. Any believer who doesn't read his Bible every day is not interested in God. If you don't read your Bible every day, it is a sign that you have no interest in God. You have no plans of knowing God. If you have any plan in your life to know God, you will do this. Every day you read your Bible. So I'm, on, I'm still on the seven steps to an effective quiet time. Number one, to have your quiet time, you must pray. I just remembered something. You must pray. You pray before you read the Bible. Find a time in the morning 
a time you read your Bible. If you have a genuine difficulty in the morning, find a time in the afternoon. But force. If you don't force to read the Bible, things will force God out of your life. I always say that the things that are evil, they force their way into our lives, whether you like it or not. But the things that are right, you have to force. Find a time. Every Christian should find a time in the day. That's why she sang that song, Come Away. Step Aside. Come away. Come away. Separate yourself. And come and spend some time with me. I want to beg you. I won't preach this message every night. Every Saturday night. But remember that I'm putting into your hands a tool, a key. Don't walk about just dancing. Read your Bible every day. Don't spend your time just attending church. Read your Bible every day. Find time. Spend some time every day. Come away. Come away. And when you start it, you pray. You pray Psalm 119 verse 18. Psalm 119. Look at Psalm 119 verse 18. Open down my eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of your law. You pray. Number two. After praying, you read a passage from the Bible. You read a passage from the Bible. Are you in church? Or, or, or I should stop preaching. I tell you tonight, I, I, I really want to listen to music. I really feel musical. So if you want to just sit down, I can sit down and let's. I've lined them up here. Should I preach? Okay. So listen. Number two, you read. You take your Bible and you read a passage in the Bible. And last week I told you three ways to find a passage in the Bible. Number one, you choose a book in the Bible. You choose Genesis, John, First Kings, a book. Colossians. Currently, I'm having my quiet time in Numbers. And it's not been quiet. It's, it's not been quiet. It's been far from quiet. It's been an exciting adventure. It's difficult to read two verses. 
I can't read two verses. It's difficult. What are you doing to yourself? You walk about, you don't read your Bible. What's wrong with you? Are you normal? Are you well? You don't read your Bible? Wow! Your enemies must be a lot. Find a book. I told you last week. You know, and I want to repeat it. Let me stand up here so you you see me well. Because this this point is very very important. Personally, as a pastor, I am putting it on record. That I will not advise you to use the King James Bible to have your quiet time. Consider, I have used King James Bible all my life. It's difficult for me to look at these other translations. I'm a King James boy. But you see, <laughs> your English weren't good at the time. Your English. No, as a pastor, I have a responsibility. God will judge me. Yeah. I have a responsibility to show you the right way. John the Baptist was saying, make straight paths for your feet. King James English is difficult. And a lot of the words in the King James Bible don't mean what you you see. A lot of the words don't mean what you think it is. So it's for people who have Who are safe with the English language? I will advise you to begin with New King James if you want to stay close to something original. New King James. But you are free to have NIV, New Living Translation, and so on. But the clo- NIV, yes. NLT. But King James is dangerous for your health. Unless you want to just read the Bible as just a ritual. Mommy, it's difficult. Revelations chapter 10, there's a verse there. Verse 6. Revelations 10. King James. And he swear by him. That labored forever. You know, and, and also, it's not good for you to read King James. Because your, your English is already bad. And when you read words like swear, 
I mean, where are you going from here? And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that are therein, that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that, 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 that there should be time no longer. You see, and so when you see a verse like this, you wonder that there should be time no longer. This is King James Bible. And a lot of the a lot of the the English words in the King James Bible don't mean what you see, are seeing it to be. So that that word time, for instance, every other translation, in fact, the original word time means delay. This is why John saw a big angel. Who held a small book in his hand? And the angel was saying, Do the things fast. If you are a pastor, preach fast. If you are a shepherd, do your outreaches fast. Because the, without delay, don't, 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 don't delay in building your center. Don't delay. So, so you are saying that read the book without delay. But the King James says that, that there should be time no longer. Go to any translation. Any. New Living Translation. There will be no more delay. New American. I'm teaching you practically quite time. N-A-S-B. Sorry. N-A-S-B. That there will be delay no longer. New King James. That there should be delay no longer. So, So you see that. As you are in your room having your quiet time. And, and, and you have had seven in English, and you are sitting. <laughs> you think you are having your your quiet time, and so there should be time no longer. Meanwhile, so, so you may even stop having your quiet time because it says you may think, oh, it says you must you must no longer have your quiet time. But the word time no longer means that there should be no delay. So, let me just move on. I'm just saying, and there are many, this is not the, the time. I'm just saying to you that if Mr. Agbenyon is reading King James Bible, Bishop Kobe is reading King James Bible, then I will advise you to bring your results. When I see your results, I will choose a Bible for you. So I want to advise the use of New King James. It's far better. Am I helping you? So we are on. So number one, you choose, you read the Bible by number one, choosing a passage. Or number two, studying the life of a personality. Elijah, Samson. Those of you have a lot of temptations. Rahab. I mean, <laughs> depending on your needs, you choose a person and you go and then you study the person. The third way of getting something to read in the Bible, where's my Bible? Yeah, it's here. 
is to use a devotional. So three, a book in the Bible, a personality, or number three, a devotional. And we have some, a devotional is a book like this, Daily Solutions. Daily keys. Daily advice. 365 day devotional. At 306. So every day, there's a topic. Day one, evolution. And these were written by our pastor for you to you to have your quiet time. Yes. Daily advice, daily keys, a daily devotional. So, so every day, depending on the date, you have one. Beware. Then there's a verse. You read the verse in the Bible, and then you read the 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 the, the commentary or the narrative. You know, it teaches you something and gives you a prior topic. Daily solutions. So, so this will be in the bookshop. They are there. Daily solutions, daily advice. Get one. Because some of you, you shouldn't choose a book because you don't know if you, <laughs> where the books are. <laughs> so I would strongly advise the use of devotionals. Daily solution, daily advice, daily keys. Step three. Meditate. Think through and soberly reflect on what you have read. So you read and then you think through. And I remember last week teaching you that to be really, really, the word meditate means to matter to yourself. I'll advise you to begin to read the Bible alone, aloud. Not aloud as in disturbing your neighbor, but read it to yourself. You know, read the verse. Consider what I say. Read it aloud. Don't be too quiet because some of you, if your mind is full of bad pictures. So so when you are quiet, the, 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 the pictures will not help you. Help me, Lord. So today I want to show you seven keys for effective meditation. Seven keys for effective meditation. Number one, read the passage slowly. That's why it's called quiet. The word time means that you must give the word of God time. Time. You must have time. The Bible will not yield itself to people who don't have time. That's why there's such a word as waits on the Lord. When you have your quiet time, you are waiting on the Lord. So read it slowly. Take your time. Because your quiet time is God coming into your life. Your quiet time is God's wisdom coming into your life. 
If you don't have your quiet time, you are going to use the wisdom of the world. And you will punish yourself. Romans 8 and verse 6 says, To be carnally minded is death. The things you feed your mind with, if they are worldly plans, carnal things, it will kill you. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Read your Bible slowly. James 3 talks about the wisdom that comes from above. It is peaceable. When you read your Bible, you are, you are, you are receiving God's wisdom. It's peaceable. Easily entreated. Then he talks about the wisdom that is earthly. It is devilish. Sensual. So my Christian sister, read your Bible and receive wisdom from above. The Bible is like food. Until you take it and put it in your mouth, it will never help you. Read it slowly. Number two, do not read a very long passage unless it is necessary. Don't read long passages. When you are having your quiet time, don't read one, one, one chapter of the Bible. I'm telling you, it will never yield its strength to you. One verse, two verses, three verses, four verses, five verses maximum. Unless that quiet time is I'm like, it's a story. You know, it's a story that you need to read to get the picture. And even that one, you must go again and get the individual verses. Number three, stop at any verse that strikes you and think about it. And you must allow verses to strike you. One of the ways not to have, uh, one of the ways of... uh, um, not allowing verses to strike you is when you approach the Bible thinking you know. When I read the book of John and you get, to, you get to John 3. Oh, John 3 there. Uh, John 3 is seen. John 3. But John 3 is seen. I tell you, you can spend one month on John 3 16. The, the, the word of God is, is a well. Stop at any verse that strikes you and think about it. God's word is so powerful that only a single word in a verse is enough to change your life. Each quiet time should be a search for that single word that can change your life. That is why you must have a Bible that also has other translations. Number one, and has got a concordance. Because some of the words you will need to go and check. And even learning how to use the concordance is like first year in the university. 
So you stop at a word. And you, 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 you spend time with the word. When you spend time with the word, one word, you will notice that what, what the Bible says time actually means delay. Number four, think about the meanings of the words that you are reading. The meanings. If you have, have James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. And then peaceable. What is the meaning of peaceable? This should let you take a dictionary. So you see that you may not go to the university, but just being a student of the word of God can let you stand toe to toe with a graduate. Peaceable. Gentle. And easy to be entreated. You need to know. If you're having your quiet time, this alone, this, this verse alone can be five days quiet time. So you must have a dictionary. Have a dictionary. There's something called concordance. Which will help you to understand the word. Because the word of God, the word of God is God. The God who will prosper you, who will heal you. That God is not sitting on a mountain somewhere. It's not, it's, it's not sitting in a village somewhere. The God you are looking for is the Bible. As you are reading it, you are having God. Go back to James 3. As you are looking for the meaning of peaceable. As you are looking for the meaning of peaceable, you are getting deeper in God. As you are looking for the meaning of gentle, you are getting deeper. That is why to have your quiet time, you have to think about the meanings. There is such a thing as meaning. What does this word I'm reading mean? That is why, ladies and gentlemen, it is beautiful. When you have your quiet time with your new King James Bible, your NIV, your new American, I mean, different Bibles, so that you can get the different meanings that come from the different verses. When you get up, you will realize that to remove your panties and fornicate will not be as easy as it was yesterday. Number five, think about how the scripture applies to life in your generation. How does it apply to my life now? The wisdom that is from above is first pure. How does it apply to me? It applies to you because there's a lot of impurities in the, in, in the world. There's a lot of sin. There's a lot of evil. But if you spend time with God's wisdom, you are, you, are, you are getting something for the first time. You are getting something that is pure. It's pure. You've learned something. 
And you don't do this once a week. No. The same way you don't eat once a week. I met one of the boys, little boys, last two weeks or so. After church on Saturday, around 11.30. And I asked him, have you eaten? He said he's yet to eat. So I said, have you eaten today? And he began to list breakfast. Then the mommy gave me this snack. Then we had lunch. Then I, I said, what time? He said, around 1, 12, 1. Then around 3, he wanted to eat something. I forgot what it was. Around 5, he ate. Then around 7 p.m., he ate. And just, be, just before they came to church, mommy gave, me, uh, gave us um, um, rice with egg stew or some stew. So I said, and, and, and you are looking forward to another meal before you sleep. Are you going to be sold? <laughs> but when you see the boy, he's firm. He's nice. If you were to be eating once a day, you won't be looking as nice as you look. Yeah, that's why many of you have eaten twice today. Some of you have cleared three, cleared three straight. So you are nice and firm. Ladies and gentlemen, your spirit also must be made to eat food regularly, day and night. Joshua 1.8. Day and night. Day and night. Your spiritual life, ha, is your real you. Your real you is not your degree life. Your university life. Yes. Your spiritual life is what helps you to make sense of your university life. Your spiritual life. That's why every Christian must know Psalm 65 and verse 4. That blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach. When you have your quiet time, you are approaching God. You are coming near God. And David said, it is a good thing. Nearness to God is a good thing. Number six. Whisper to the Holy Spirit. So you read it. You look for the meaning of the word. How does this word apply to me? How does it apply to my life now? And then you pray a prayer. Holy Spirit, help me to understand your word. Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You pr- even, so, so you pray to start with. And then as you are reading, you are still praying. Just one verse. There's no point reading one chapter. Of the Bible as your quiet time. It means you you feel that you are going to die the next week. But if you are going to live your full life with God. One verse. One verse. Today is Saturday. This week. Four days. I was on one verse. Four days this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
one verse. Ephesians 1.17 Ephesians 1.17 That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ The Father of glory May give unto you the spirit of wisdom And revelation In the knowledge of him So God gives you wisdom Number one and revelation He reveals things to you So you pray Not just when you are starting But as you are with the Bible You pray Lord what does this verse mean what is it saying to me? And the Bible says that God will give you the spirit of revelation. Then the seventh way, seventh key for effective meditation is to decide on a practical way to implement the scripture that you have learned. Without thinking of a way to apply that scripture you will often not benefit from your quiet time. Every verse, now even this verse, if, if, if you were reading your Bible, uh, um, you were reading Ephesians for your quiet time, and you were on Ephesians one seventeen, this one alone, you have to ask yourself, how, how, how are you going to apply this practically? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So, God gives wisdom and revelation. How will it apply to you? It applies to you in the sense that you must pray always for God to give you wisdom because he gives it. He gives it. So that's step number three. Meditation. You meditate on the word of God by sitting down with it. Sitting down with the Bible. Can I have a chair? You sit down with your Bible. Ephesians. You have read Ephesians. And now you are, you've come to verse 17. In chapter 1, verse 17. You sit down quietly. That's what you call quiet time. But sometimes the revelation is so powerful that it makes you stand up and make noise. <laughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, what does this verse mean to me? How can I apply this practically? The Father of glory. Ah. The word glory means beauty. So it means that if I continue to walk with God, since he's the father of glory, if I walk with him, there will be glory in my life. There will be beauty. This alone is enough. You can get up and go home and go to work. It's enough. Starting your day knowing that God is the father of glory. 
that there's no way he will shame you. That there's no way he will disgrace you. That if you walk with him well, there will be beauty. When there's ugliness all around you, your cousins are on we. Your sisters are having uh, abortions. Your friends are fooling around. But you with God, his glory, he's the father of glory. If you make him your father, you will have glory. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory. Think of the things Jesus did. Think of his life. The God who made him so is also your God. Think about it. If the God of Jesus Christ is also your God, think of how your life is going to be. Don't you think that just this first sentence alone will let you remove anybody who wants to pull you away from God? You want to remove glory from my life? You want to remove beauty from me? You want me to end up like my cousins? You want me to go on Indian hemp? Never! I'll stick with God. If the God of Jesus Christ is my God, then there is hope for my life. If he's the father of glory and I am with him, then some beauty will come by all means. Some glory, some niceness, some order will come into my life. The God of our father Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give unto you. Wow. It means God doesn't just doesn't only give visas and beloveds and passports. God also gives wisdom. Father, today I've read your Bible. I've learned that you give wisdom. Please give me wisdom. I need wisdom for my ministry work, wisdom for my marriage, wisdom. As I am beloved dozen writer, give me wisdom that this beloved dozen will end up properly. Wisdom, Lord. I pray for Rita herself, Lord, that you remove any witchcraft from her life and let her have your wisdom, Father. I pray. <laughs> yes. Father, I need wisdom for my academic life. How to combine ministry with my schoolwork. Wisdom, Lord. Make me wise. Remove foolishness from my life. Lord, last week, what I went to the internet to do was not good. It was real foolishness. I'm very sorry. Give me wisdom to know how to use this, my iPad. Give me wisdom to know how to use my phone. Lord, I pray for special wisdom. As I step out today to go to work, to go to school, give me wisdom for every step of the day, every step of the way, everything I do, give me wisdom. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Is it a blessing? Is it a blessing? Is it a good thing to draw closer and closer to God? It's quiet time, a good thing. Next week, we are going to go to step number four. Going deeper in your quiet time. Stand to your feet.
And you don't do this once a week. You don't do this once a month. Every day. Don't you think it will change your life? I said, don't you think you'll be different? Just a verse. A part of a verse. I mean, what I've done right now, if I get a preaching appointment to go and minister to my center service next week, today, even if Ephesians 117 is not in the thing, it will appear. Abba. I said, it will come. At this juncture, one may ask. One may ask. You see, that's why the Christian life is exciting. So, you see, as you are having your quiet time, you are also teaching someone. You see, as you teach someone, you get a... Even right now, right now, what I've just done, I've seen some things I've never seen in the 40 years I've been with God. I've read this verse nothing less than 500 times. But just teaching you, just, you may think I was joking, just teaching you, something has hit me right now. That's why everyone, you must have someone you are also teaching, someone you are helping, help someone to have his quiet time. So I want you to lift up your hands and pray that God will give you a new King James Bible. Lift your hands. Other translations. Concordance. I'm teaching you how to take God seriously. Lift your hands and pray. Father, give him the wisdom to get a Bible. A good Bible. New American standards. Everybody pray for three translations. Three. Three different Bibles. Three different Bibles. Those of you online, three different Bibles. Pray. Pray. How can you be a Christian and you are reading Gideon's Bible? For what? How will it help you? Gideon's Bible. Just some New Testament and Proverbs in your pockets. Lift your hands and pray. Father, help me to be spiritual. Everyone pray for three translations with a concordance. Some of you might as well pray that God will bless you with a tablet. So you can have only three, Tekata, and different Bible with different translations. Look, a verse has come to my mind, but I have to look for it. It's in Ecclesiastes, I'm not sure where. Either 11, 6 or 6, 11. Let me see Ecclesiastes 11 6. He said, Surely. Now, let me see 6 11. Yes. 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 Look at it. He says, 
I'm reading this verse for you, those of you who find the Christian life boring. You will discover. Sorry, I said 11, 6, 11, 11 verse 7. 11, 7. Yes, truly. The light. Please move from there. Go to Psalm 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. This word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Say the word is light. Say this is my touch light. Say this is my touch light. This is my light. This is my light. For my life. For my life. Yes. And the preacher said in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 7. I thought it was verse 7. Verse 7. He says, Truly, the light is sweet. And a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. There's a sweetness you are missing. I said, light is sweet. The word of God is sweet. Light is sweet. Anyone here who finds the Christian life difficult and boring has not given himself to the word of God. You've not given yourself to the word of God. Light is sweet. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 7. I want to invite everyone to that sweet life of every day reading your Bible. Every day you you will discover a new life. Two days in a week, as a young boy, you fast. That's how I lived my life. Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I had my black Bible, King James. Because my English were good at the time. I underlined verses, Isaiah. There are portions of Isaiah I can, I can recite. I began to read them from age 16. No wonder I seized the opportunity to be a pastor. When the chance came, I seized it because the thing was so sweet in me, I needed to speak it. I enjoy counseling people. I was with some, some two pastors this evening. I took a verse. And by the time we parted, we were bouncing. I took a verse. By the time we parted, we, we couldn't stand. Light is sweet. If you discover this light, you will never say fornication is sweet. If you discover this light, you will never say betting is sweet. If you discover this light, 
you will yes. never say oh, yes. fooling around with your friends mm. with your friends mm. watching pornography mm. you will never say mm. yeah pornography is sweet because you have not met the real ah. light if you meet the light hey. of the word of God haba so the things those who know the word of God the things people see as opportunities and blessings they, they, because they found sweetness in this they don't chase the things people are chasing Why have you left your profession to be a pastor? Mm. This light uh-huh. is very uh-huh. sweet. The life in this book mm. is very sweet. Mm. Imagine Potiphar's wife standing in front of you. Hey. Somebody would have, you for instance, your old life. He would have knelt down to say, God, I thank you. And you send her to go and close the windows and pull, draw the curtains. But he said, no. no. I've eaten something that is sweeter than what you want to do. I will never touch you. I will never touch you. I've found something nicer than this body. But because you've not met the sweetness of the light, that's why you are fooling around with girls and pornography and useless friends. Light is sweet. I want to I want to remind you I didn't fail my exams in school. I passed and passed. I went to university and passed. Did my fellowships. Fellowships are more senior than even postgraduates. Fellowships. If I'm standing here preaching, when an intelligent person is doing something, you have to ask yourself very carefully. <laughs> there must be something in it. Yes. And it's not money. If it was money, I'll be wearing these okay hand shoes. If it was money, I'll come with crocodile skin. With lizard skin belts. When you found the word of God, Jesus, in, is, is it John 4? sent his disciples to go and buy some kebab. So they went, meet. When they came, they said, we met Mary. She had done the kebab well, spiced it. It was hot. Peter brought it to Christ. Was setting the table in front of Christ. He said, what are you doing, Peter? So, it has come. What has come? They knew that Christ he liked kebab. But see, those days Christ used to eat kebab. He had not met a sheep to counsel. So when Peter was setting the table, he said, What? As you eat, he said, eat this. He said, No, I found something far better than this poor kebab. 
may you find something better than pornography better than fornication better than your useless friends better receive the wisdom to live your life in the light light is sweet and it's a pleasant thing for the eyes to behold the sun there's darkness everywhere it's so dark people can't find their way people can't find their way to their destinies but those of us with the light our lives always get better and better lift your hands again and pray for three bibles three bibles some of you you will not get a bible you will get money Young man, how can a young man pay heed? How can a young man cleanse his ways? Said by paying heed to your word. How can a young man, young man, lift your hands and pray? Pray. Daily quiet time. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy way? Lift your hands, everyone, as we close the service. Maliabo sapaka tabahandelebosha, remandebo mahandaba sapakalaba, zamande galuababa, zamanda gomelea bahata. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. We thank you for the beautiful time. Every eye closed and every head bowed. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Maybe your friend invited you. Maybe today's your first time. Everyone standing to your feet, please. Today's your first time. And as I was preaching, you felt far from God, you felt lost. You want to say, Pastor, I want to come to Jesus. I want to return to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. Pastor, please pray for me. If you are here and you want me to pray with you, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You want to start a new life. A new life. If you are here, you want me to pray with you or you are online, wherever you are, Lift your hands. I'm going to pray with you. Pastor, I want to be born again today. I see your hand. Pastor, I want to be born again today. Pastor, I'm very happy I've come to church today to hear this word. I want to know Jesus. I want to walk with him. I want to walk with him. I want to turn away from my sins. Pastor, please pray for me. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. I can see you. I can see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. If your hand is lifted up, I want you to come to me here. Come to me here. Where I'm standing, come here. Take your Bible, take your notebook, take your phone. Meet me here. Yeah, come, come. Come, I'm waiting for you. Come, come. Clap your hands for them. They are coming. Beautiful. Beautiful. 
Come and give your life to Christ. is the lover of your soul come to him come to him come to Jesus come to him come don't debate should I should I not come such a blessing to see you I want you if you have your Bible put it down and lift up your two hands two hands lifted everyone in the service and we are I'm now going to pray with you pray with me and say heavenly father oh say heavenly father today I have heard your word I have never heard it like this before. That there is a, there's another life I have not known. I have destroyed my life. I have sinned. I've done many bad things. My soul is dirty. But today, I am happy that I can run to you that I can run to you. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. I want to experience a new life. A new life. A new way of living. Help me. Help me to turn my back to the world and to follow you. To live for you. To serve you. Thank you, Lord. That today, a new life is beginning. Say, a new life is beginning. Where Jesus is my master. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my savior. Thank you, Lord. Say, Satan, listen to me. I won't serve you again. I won't obey you again. I won't follow you again. I've met Jesus. And I will walk with him. I will serve him all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful life. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands. Beautiful. How old are you? I was just like you when I got born again. And I have never regretted. I mean, it's about 40 years ago. Can you believe it? That I've never turned back 
to the things I vomited. Like you, the rest of your life can be a church life. Walking with God, reading your Bible, coming to church, throwing away useless friends. It will change you. I'm very happy. Listen, today you have been born again. Born again. But if you remember your sister or your auntie who got pregnant and gave birth, she didn't leave the baby in the room to cook her own food. She always held the baby, bathed the baby carried the baby to the hospital fed the baby so now even though you are a macho man physically spiritually you are a tiny baby so I'm pointing you to your mother and your father that man standing there is going to help he's going to hold your hand teach you he will send someone to visit you they will bring you to church you attend a center service where you came from. The, we have a small church wherever you came from. There's a small church there. And that shepherd will pastor you, visit you, pray for you, and be your friend. Is it beautiful? Is it beautiful? Those of you who are online, there's a number also on the screen. Call that number. Somebody will answer it, and the person will be a friend to you and help you to know God. So I want all of you to please go this way to your pastor here. Yes, go with him. Yes. You are born again. Your life will never be the same again. Clap your hands. Clapping for them. Oh, I'm excited. And I want us to have our communion as a reminder that we will eat the bread of life every day. Take your bread. Eat, this is my body. Take your bread. Which was broken for you. Drink. This is my blood which was shed for you. We are about to eat whoever at the Lord's table and the communion shall have eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The a blessing which we bless. Yes. It's the communion of the blood of Christ. Keep speaking, Lord. The bread which we break. It's the communion of the body of Christ. Oh, this is the one. Lift your bread and say, "This is the body of Christ." Say, "This is the body of Christ." Say, "Christ is the word." As I eat this. It's a reminder that I must eat the word of God every single day because this is my daily bread. 
This is my daily bread, the body of Christ. Let's eat it. Mm, oh, when I see the blood, yeah, I will pass over you. Oh, I will pass over you. Lift your cup. Those seated may stand, stand to your feet. Lift your cup. Even if you don't have your communion, just lift your hands. Yes, there's a blessing. Healings are taking place. Lives are changing. Yes, I said lives are changing. I said lives are changing. Say this is the cup of blessing. As I drink it, as I drink it, my life is purged. I'm receiving new life. The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. Lift your two hands. Father, for the rest of our lives, as we've eaten this bread and drank this wine, let us continue to eat your word and drink from the Spirit. As we've come to your table, let this be a reminder to approach your table continually. May we feel the hunger of the absence from your word. And let that hunger cause us to pant after you as a deer pants after the water. Lift your hands. I place in everyone a hunger, a hunger, a hunger for the word. A hunger, a hunger for the word, for the spirit to cleanse, to bless to heal, to strengthen. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Beautiful time. Keep clapping your hands. And you may please be seated. What a blessing.